0: It's Macklin, McGarry, and McNabb, as Greg said, just said. We have snow on the horizon. Shannon Moody is a meteorologist with Environment Canada and joins us now live on the start. Shannon, good morning.
1: Good morning.
0: All right, so give us the details. What's coming to Winnipeg?
1: Alright, so we have a system that we'll be developing today in Montana, and that system's going to track just south of the border, and it'll be pushing heavy snow through Alberta, Saskatchewan, and into Manitoba. Uh, So southwestern Manitoba will see the snow beginning uh, tonight, and then uh, continuing through Saturday and through the Red River Valley and Winnipeg itself We'll will see it start early Saturday morning.
2: So we'll see snow in our area early tomorrow morning, Shannon. How much are we talking about potentially for the Winnipeg and Red River Valley areas?
1: So it's a wee bit tricky with Winnipeg. We're really right on the boundary of where the heaviest snow is. So our snowfall warning criteria is 10 centimetres in 12 hours. Um, So for Winnipeg, currently for Saturday, we have 5 to 10 centimetres. Um, But that could, any like little shift of the system, like as I said, it's still developing. So if it shifts just a a little bit northward, we could really be on that 10-centimeter side, which is why we put the uh, special weather statement out, because we could see that flip to a snowfall warning later today. Um, And also, it's just going to be a gross day in general, because we are expecting some pretty gusty easterly winds with the snow. Um, So whether we get 10 centimeters or or not, you're going to definitely see some reduced visibilities in blowing snow on Saturday.
3: I think we're going to have to slide that word gross into the rest of our weather forecasts for the day, Shannon. Uh, what will decide ultimately what side of that heavier snowfall line that we're on? Because we see it all the time, right? Where North Dakota and Minnesota will get a huge amount of snow, much more snow than we get quite often in the Red River Valley in particular. what, what is the What is the deciding factor on that?
1: So it really just depends of, of where um, the system is tracking. Uh, if you want to get a little bit nerdy with it, like we've had a ridge that's been over Manitoba, and it's really been pushing systems uh, southward over the past couple of days. So we've had several systems that have really been just, just south of us, so we've been lucky. Um, so it just depends, you know, if, if that ridge moves off a little bit and that um, low-pressure system tracks a little bit northward, then we'll see that uh, closer to 10 centimeters of snow.
0: And snow events often bring in sort of a few days of cold afterward. Are we expecting that?
1: Uh, just one day, really. Um, we're going to have a, a quick period of cold and then we're going to warm right back up. So
2: that sounds good, but you know, we all get that this is spring in Manitoba, so this can be the first of several storms we see. Are we able to look into the long term and to tell whether or not another system like this could be making its way towards us in, you know, a week or 10 days' time, Shannon?
1: Um, there's nothing in the near term. It looks like just Uh, This system and then a day of cold and then it looks like we'll warm up and be, you know, around seasonal norms for this time of year. Uh, So currently, no. But, I mean, it's kind of like we have several false starts of spring uh, in the prairies. So don't get your hopes up.
3: (laughs) Fingers crossed we're on the less gross side of the snow line, Shannon.
1: For sure. Me too.
0: (laughs) Shannon Moody, meteorologist with Environment Canada, joining us live on CJOB. Thank you for this, Shannon. Much appreciated. No problem. Take care. So... Yeah, hopefully
3: Winnipeg storm shield baby.
0: Yeah, it's it was actually nice to get a bit of an explanation there. It's yeah. a re- it's a thing. It's a
3: thing.
2: Like it's like I picture it like um that wall like in the Hunger Games where it slides up and <laughs> stuff. That... Do you know what I'm talking about? The force field yes. and the water comes in and then it just hits that wall and slides up. That's what happens to the snow. We're basically in a dome where 24 of us go in and only one of us come out. That's the scenario this weekend. <laughs>
0: No. I love it. I love it. <laughs> it is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. In our next segment, we want to tell you how you can win yourself some tickets to see AEW All Elite Wrestling coming to Winnipeg on Wednesday, March 15th. And it has to do with the dumb things we argue about, whether it's a silly and fun debate, like the one I'm going to tell you about, which is the craziest discussion I've ever been a part of, or if it's a genuine argument, where, but it's a stupid thing. Like, why are we fighting about this? Why are you mad about this? 204-780-6868. You can start texting us now, and uh, we're going to pick a winner at 9.15, but we'll get more into it next. The Manitoba government is trying, again, to get alcohol into grocery and convenience stores.
2: Does this sound familiar to anyone? Because it might, because last year the government tried and proposed a plan that would see this happen, that would see liquor sold in a wider variety of retail outlets. But the bill that they introduced in the ledge never got approved before the fall break. And so now the Manitoba Conservatives are reviving those plans with a new bill that would create a five-year pilot project. And it would regulate which stores might qualify to sell, how many But ultimately, they say they want to give more convenience, more choice. And so if this bill is passed before the October election, booze could be sold at grocery stores or even corner stores. John Graham is with the
4: Retail Council of Canada. Right now, urban Manitoba, Winnipeg, Brandon, remain these tiny little islands across Canada. In fact, most of the world. They can't throw a bottle of wine in with their shopping cart uh, while they're picking up their household food. And so the idea here would be Let's pilot a few retail stores, allow those grocery stores to sell some wine, six-pack of beer, and see how that plays out and see what the rest of Canada is experiencing.
3: Mm. But it's not a done deal. The opposition has already said this proposal is worrisome, and under legislature rules, the opposition can delay up to five bills from passing before the summer break. The NDP haven't said whether this would be one of them. Retail Council of Canada did a pro-research study that showed the
4: vast majority of Tobins, regardless of political leaning, love the idea of the convenience of being able to add a bottle of wine while you're shopping for your groceries. And so we
5: hope that uh, this will be something that... Uh, all parties will support.
3: I, I still don't get this. You know, in Ottawa this week, all the heads of the major grocery chains are are in Ottawa to justify their massive profits and, and their business models. And do we need to hand over some of the precious profits that we earn in Manitoba from the sale of alcohol to these, uh, these national chains? I don't think we do. I think if we want more Booze, more beer, more wine, more spirits, in these stores. Why not just build more of these little mini liquor marts, like the one in the Sobies that's close to my house? I I just don't get the love affair with this
2: because there's not a lot of Sobies in a lot of areas, or superstores, or Safeways. I mean, like we have a dearth of grocery stores in some pockets of Winnipeg. So if you're trying to make it more convenient, I, is it little just liquor stores? that could go up that are still operated by MLCC versus always having them attached to the grocery store. Like I get it. Like I live in a town where I can go get a loaf of bread, a container of milk, a stick of butter, as well as my case of beer if I really want it all in the same location without having to go into MLCC because that's how it goes. That's how it works in smaller towns, some smaller towns. But if, they, if they're talking about convenience, how would that look to you? I'm just saying that it can't be at all attached to grocery stores then.
3: But isn't the conversation around grocery stores? Are we talking about other retailers being other able Other retailers,
2: to- convenience stores and other. Like if you're saying they'd all be attached to the grocery stores, I'm just saying there's lots of neighborhoods where that still leaves a huge radius didn't we of just, no grocery store.
3: Didn't we just go through a massive issue... With a theft.
2: No, I agree in the theft liquor thing would be stupid. Who wants to be in a corner store where there's also a bunch of bottles for sale and then someone can walk in and rob you and you're standing there with your kids watching that all unfold? I get that. I get the safety side. I don't know about the convenience argument.
3: I just don't know who it's convenient. Like I understand it's convenient. I get it. But uh, superstore and these big retail chains, they're not they don't care about the convenience. All they care is about making more money. And that's all this is about for them.
0: Yeah, and part of me, too, thinks, you know, like, let's say, if I want, if I decide I'm going to go get some liquor, I know where I have to go, and depending on where I am currently located, it might be out of my way, it might be inconvenient, and I might say, ah, whatever, forget it, I can wait until tomorrow. That might not
3: be a bad thing either.
0: Yeah, so if it's suddenly available at the the nearby convenience store or maybe the nearby like say a Shoppers Drug Mart for example I don't know where the, where they they where they would pop up to to if you at all have any sort of a an issue with consumption having it. Suddenly, more convenient for you to get it in all kinds of locations. That that is a, a concern. I'm not I'm not like smashing my fist on the right. table, but that's a concern.
3: It's part of the, the conversation here. And you know, remember when uh, VLTs became part of the landscape and they were installed in lounges all over Manitoba. One of the rules was that you couldn't have an ATM. Within a, within a certain distance. In fact, I, when it first happened, I don't even think you were allowed to have an ATM in that same building. If you had a VLT, you couldn't have an ATM. So if you ran out of cash, you had to go to a bank or you had to leave the building, and there was this sort of cooling off situation. That was the, at least the, that was the theory. Well, now they're the ATMs or you, know, you probably don't even have to get out of your seat from your VLT to, I, I just, I don't know, Loren. I, I just, I just feel the system works very well the way way it is, and uh, it's just a, it's a an, just another way to take advantage of and and dangle our it's a our vices in front of us and and tempt us even more. And <laughs> hey, uh, far be it for me to tell you whether you should be drinking or not. That's not the point here. I just, I don't know. I just love, I like the system the way it is, and and I'll just die on that hill.
2: I think studies have shown, though, over the years, they've looked at it and there's no correlation between increasing the convenience of liquor with increased consumption. If I'm wrong, someone needs to let me know. But it's been talked about for so long that I'm I'm, kind of the way I feel about daylight saving time or clock changes and privatization of liquor. It feels like we just keep coming back to the same trough because it's the thing that gets voters excited in an election year.
0: Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, we have tickets to give away for AEW, Wednesday, March 15th, Canada Life Centre, All Elite Wrestling. And this morning we want to talk about the dumb things that we argue about, whether it's a serious argument over something stupid where you can't believe you're fighting about it or just a silly, playful, nonsense debate, such as debating this particular topic, which inspired the question. On Saturday, I got home. I was out with some friends. I got home at midnight, and I opened this group chat, and I see that the boys had been debating this nonsense topic for a couple of hours. Apparently, this thing goes back to 2017. Somebody came up with this. I don't know where. But here's the the thing. You are in an arena with 50 hawks, 10 crocodiles, 3 brown bears, 15 wolves, 1 hunter with a rifle, 7 buffalo, 10,000 rats, 5 gorillas, 4 lions. Pick 2 to defend you, the others attack you. The goal is to survive 1 hour. And yes, it might that if that sounds ridiculous, it's because it is. But the debate that raged on with my friends it went for days guys were doing my friends now know more about the animal kingdom than they ever have cuz they were doing lots of research like i'll take i'll take the 10 crocodiles at 2200 pounds each and a gorilla can lift 4000 pe- i don't know what they said but they know <laughs> they suddenly know all these things about all these animals one guy had a, a he drew a detailed diagram on his battle plan Like, the the effort, the amount of effort that went into this, I'm kind of curious, how many world problems could we have solved if we put our heads together and expended that much energy?
3: This is a genuine game of risk. Is what this is.
0: Can you teach these gorillas to use weapons? (laughs) I don't. We don't have to get into this particular debate. (laughs) You can if you want to, but (laughs) it is a springboard for, and that's the kind of question that was being asked. But it is a springboard for the dumb arguments that you have. Like I got into an argument with my roommate years back because I he got mad at me because I used an orange dishcloth. Uh, which didn't match his blue kitchen walls. And I'm like, are we seriously fighting about this? So two zero four seven eight zero sixty eight sixty eight for a chance to win those tickets. Let's go around the horn here. Jeff Braun, why don't we start with you? Dumb arguments. Well, that one sort of reminds me of another one I've heard.
6: Would you rather fight 100 duck-sized horses or one horse-sized duck? <laughs> <laughs> There's no good answer to that one. But the one Kim and I, uh, my girlfriend, get into every now and then is uh, is it is the phrase... Party hearty, h e a r t y, or party hearty, hardy, h a r d y. And and well, the answer is both, which uh, does not lead to a successful Who resolution of both? the argument. The internet says it's both. You, oh, you, it's you not can, hearty. You can, well, can they go both either work, way.
2: Right? <laughs> hardy would mean you're like you're, you're capable of surviving the party. And hearty, you put your heart in. No, <laughs> I, don't I
0: don't
4: know. know. Yes. It's got substance. They both sort of it's mean hearty. The same. It's a hearty meal. Yeah, it's a
0: hearty party. Merriam-Webster says "party hearty" is the original idiom. Which right. one is it? Did you just said? "party hearty"? Hearty. 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 Yes.
4: Like H E A R T.
0: Yes. Okay. That's you
2: can find another dictionary that says
0: something yeah. else. I'm <laughs> Absolutely. <confident of> it. <laughs> All right, that's a good one though, Bron. Yep. What about you, Poitras?
4: Well, apparently my wife says my breathing is too uh, abrupt and long and has too much uh, output. And this is an ongoing conversation now in the house that I'm breathing too heavy and I'm breathing too heavy towards her and it's becoming a problem. I had no idea about this. I learned about this about a week ago. And now I yeah, I, but I don't really care. That's that's the big thing about this. Like she's like saying you're breathing too loud and you're breathing in my face. And I uh, OK. Well, did you guys go on a holiday before you got married? Like, <laughs> yes, we did.
3: Did yes. you guys do anything together? like <laughs> This, been the parent by this now? is what we
4: do. We bicker like, oh, this is our shtick. It's our thing. We, 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 we bicker about stupid stuff like this. It's how we operate. If we didn't have this, we wouldn't be together, we, we, we would be. We, I wouldn't know what to do with myself. I can hear you chewing from over here. Yeah, she, you're breathing too much in my face. <laughs> and I okay, I didn't know I was, and then, and then I, yesterday she caught me, and I was like, ah, "She goes, see, that's exactly what I'm talking about." And, uh, so now,
2: do you do it on purpose, like oh, the heavy breathing? Of
4: course, I can't let something like that go. It's I gotta the gum lean chew for it. me.
2: The gum chew drives me nuts, but it's like like a really wide open, you're seven years old, chewing your gum. Yeah, But it's your 45-year-old husband. And I'm like, why are you chewing it like that? And then he just looks at me, and I think, he knows
3: why he's chewing it the like snapping,
4: that. It the snapping, me off.
3: the cracking of the gum. Oh, yeah, that's the best. My dad used to love when my mom did that. Not yeah. very much at all.
7: Forte, what about you? I have this friend, and uh, every time he would come over, he would always forget something. And it was so frustrating. Like, he'd come over, he'd leave, and like, 20 minutes later, I'd get a call. He's like, hey, I forgot my keys. Got to come back. Meanwhile, I'm like, I'm getting ready for bed. Um, like, he would always forget something. So I'd, I'd tell him, dude, whatever you take out of your pockets, put it in your coat pocket. Or if you have a backpack, put it in your backpack. And he's no, 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 I'm not going to forget it. I'm not going to forget it. Well, he always forgot something. Mitts. He would forget his mitts. One time when I was living at my parents, my mom comes down to the basement the next day after he was over. And she finds a sock. How do you leave a sock? Why, why are you taking your sock off? And like, how do you leave without your sock? I don't get it. But yeah, I would argue with them about just put your stuff somewhere where you know you're going to take it home. Ugh, frustrating.
2: I leave my shoes at parties in the summer. Like, I'll get a text the next day, your shoes are here because I go barefoot everywhere. Yeah, yeah. And so, I, I, what's the, I'm going to just leave my shoes at your house for it, Jay. What's the big deal?
0: So, like, you get back into your car barefoot.
2: I walk home all the time.
0: Oh, okay. That's right. That, make, that makes that <laughs> sense. And like I
2: get a laundry list of things like your lo- sunglasses are here, your shoes, another pair of shoes from the last time, you know, that kind of thing.
4: You should just like leave shoes at people's homes just to see what happens.
3: Mackling, what about you? <laughs> the parties are in Manitoba in the winter like um, the National Shoe Exchange anyway, right? <laughs> yes. Oh, I didn't know it was one of those. um this. So I'm going to take you back to chi Chee's. To the late 1980s, Saturday afternoons, watching sports, in the lounge at Chi-Chi's, consuming copious amounts of of, uh, tortilla chips and chili con queso. And my friends, uh, Darren, Stu, and John in particular, would sit and argue. I'm just going to use some, maybe some potentially modern examples. They would literally argue about who would win in a fight, say, uh, between Justin Bieber and Justin Trudeau. And you'd have to give a reason as to, you know, which... Which uh, person would win and why? What sort of strategies they would use? Wayne Gretzky versus Wayne Newton. Brett McGarry versus Brett the Hitman Hart. Oh, I'd be dead. Lauren Hawley yeah, versus Loren one. McNabb. Cam <laughs> Neely versus Cam Poitras. You get the Cam idea. Cam Neely would kick the living you-know-what out of me. Yeah, well, it be a short fight, short conversation. Can I support. fight Jeff Goldblum? Yes. Jeff Goldblum. <laughs> well, <right> see, that's <laughs> a good fight. Right here, Bron. Right Jeff on. Braun versus Jeff Goldblum. And and this would and you didn't even have to be part of the discussion. Just being in the aura of this discussion within earshot was beyond entertaining. And they took it probably as serious as your buddies did on that chat room the other day. It was it was a great times. So I think we gotta to get together with those guys.
0: Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb, we're talking about the dumb things we argue about, whether it's silly, nonsensical debates of ridiculous scenarios that just would not, doesn't, like it's just impossible, but we argue about it anyway because it's fun, or the things that we actually argue about that are stupid, like why are we fighting about this? What does Barb say, Greg? Greg? My parents
3: would always, and this is in uh, quotation marks, argue over which way the little flag on a sailboat would move, the direction of the wind, or in the direction of where the boat was going. Okay? I'm trying to picture that, but I, I, I don't know how the momentum, the energy of the of the boat, would would, it would ever be compromised by the wind. Like, if you're going north, that, whichever way you're going, isn't that flag sort of sticking straight out behind you? I'm not a sailor, clearly, Lorette.
2: Well, if you're moving, it's just, yes, isn't it just always going to be going in the one direction? If you're sitting still, then I understand. <laughs> Listen to us for our intimate sailing knowledge as we board the
3: ship. Well, the l- let's, let's shift to cars. Even if you're driving into the wind and you say you stuck a flag out uh, your your window that's going back with the direction that you're going, right? It's not going it doesn't matter how windy it is. It's it's yeah. never going to flip around.
0: Yeah, Barb, that's a dumb argument. I had <laughs> a, I, I.
3: and speaking of dumb arguments, I'm
0: just thinking about this now. I remember I got in a fight in back in I went to Las Vegas in 2009. Uh, with someone I was dating, and she wanted to go see this show, at Treasure Island. It was outside the hotel. It was called the Sirens of Ti, and it was this kind of sexy pirate show with explosions and fire and all kinds of Las Vegasy stuff. And but she called it the Sirens of Ty, so I would call it the Sirens of Ti, not to correct her, but she's like, but she would got she got mad at me, like a- genuinely angry with me. It's not the Sirens of Ti, it's the Sirens of Ty, and I'm like, but. TI is short for Treasure Island. Island. <laughs> yeah, but she held her ground the whole time. Really? Yelled at me even when we got back because okay. I called it the sirens of TI. I'm like,
3: why are we fighting about this? What are you angry with? Yeah, and why would it be TI <laughs> or That's anything but TI? You
2: just want to be right. Like Jimmy's telling me walleye is American and pickerel is Canadian, and it's the same fish.
3: Okay, so but now put re- before, so now too. he's put
2: region into it.
3: Oh, yeah, that was dividing us, Americans and Canadians. Where's our,
2: where's our listener, David? Why is he not in on this this yeah, morning? David,
3: David. where's your is help her here.
2: so-called pickerel knowledge, buddy?
0: Ah, uh, apropos, because one of the movies is about dinosaurs. This horrible rendition of Jurassic Park by producer Jeff Forte. Means it's time for the couch potatoes to assemble Jeff Braun, hello there Couch potatoes will find a way <laughs> There are, and it's, it's a busy <laughs> week, this might be The busiest weekend at the movies Since before March of 2020 We've got four big ones out this weekend Including one shot in Winnipeg And we'll get to that in a moment But let's start with a big sequel Scream 6 Hello Hello Gail
4: Did you miss me? <laughs>
1: You've been in my life for so long. You want to try and finish this? You're going to
8: die screaming.
4: (laughs) I'm something
0: different. So the setting shifts from small town USA to the Big Apple with the tagline, New York, new rules. Following the brutal events from Scream 5, the same cast from that movie returns, having left Woodsboro now for a new chapter in New York. Unfortunately, the past has followed them, and they are being hunted once again by Ghostface. But this Ghostface appears to know everything about all the past killings. So I'm curious about that mystery. I'm curious about the big city setting, and it's getting decent reviews—78% on Rotten Tomatoes. Of course, uh, for the advertising, they've cherry-picked some good reviews, saying it's the best Scream yet, it's the perfect horror movie, etc. Either way, it looks fun. Jeff Braun, you have seen a few of these, even though you don't like scary movies,
6: right? No, I'm not- not a huge scary movie guy, but I have seen the first three Screams and I actually did enjoy them for the most part, but uh, not so much that I've been keeping up with them. So I'm going to pass on this. One. Yeah. And, and well, in Scream
0: 5 in particular, I was actually shocked at how uh, how they they leveled up the violence because of course the movies are all violent. It's about a guy who goes around stabbing people, but they, it was much more brutal and gory and apparently it's even more so in this one. So they're really ratcheting that up. And Loren, what about you? You like scary movies. Do you like the Scream series?
2: I don't think I've seen one past the second. I want to say okay, but it's not just out of time and convenience. I yeah, I'd see this. I want to go to a horror movie with Jeff.
6: It's not going to happen. I could tell you yes, that right it will. now. <laughs>
2: it's going to happen.
6: There'll be a worse horror movie, and you trying to convince me of that, than we could actually see. And Mac, we Q- could I-
2: party hardy.
3: <laughs> <night>. Oh, boy.
0: <laughs> oh, no, there it goes. There it is. And, Greg, I'm guessing Scream is not for you, yeah?
3: I like Scream. Oh, yeah? Yeah, I like the Scream movies. Uh, but I i didn't realize we were up to six already. Like, are there ones that I should, like, let's pretend I'm going to go see this in the theater. Which ones, like, do, do I have to watch all five? Because I've seen the first two. It would certainly help because uh, Hayden Panettiere, who is in Scream
0: 4, is back in this one. So you might be wondering, well, who is she and why is she important? Although Scream 4, I would say, suggest, is the worst of the bunch. So I don't know.
3: Watch 5 for sure.
0: Yeah, but again, it's, it's, it's quite v- much more violent. So if that's not your thing... Uh, It's not for the squeamish, that's for sure. All right, we'll roll the dice. Okay, Scream 5, by the (laughs) way, is available on Paramount Plus if you want to watch that. And then up next, Jeff, we've got the the one linked to the music Jeff was playing. Yeah, it's from the creators
6: of A Quiet Place, Adam Driver, and some kids starring in a movie called 65.
0: We've crash-landed on an uncharted planet. From the writers of A Quiet Place. There's something out there.
6: 65 million years ago. Run. Humans discovered Earth. Exclusively in movie theaters, March ten. Yeah, they're on a spaceship carrying uh, 35 passengers and they crash land, but they crash land on Earth 65 million years ago. So Adam Driver and the kid have to survive against dinosaurs. It looks cool. It's only an hour and a half, but it's getting terrible reviews, only at 29% on Rotten Tomatoes. So it seems like a, a good idea and a bad execution of a good idea.
0: At least it's 93 minutes. So many movies now are way too long. Oh, like. Yeah. Uh, John Wick Chapter Four comes out on March 24th. The couch potatoes are pumped, but Jeff, when you hear the runtime of two hours and 49 minutes for that, that's brutal. That's uh, I'm going.
6: I got to find out when I can take a break. I might even. It's a John Wick movie. It can't be that complicated. I might take like even a 10 minute intermission on my own and just <laughs> miss a bunch of the movie because that's way too long for a John
0: Wick movie. Yeah, they are relentless with the action. Now to the movie that was shot in Winnipeg. Woody Harrelson stars in a basketball comedy called Champions. If you can get this team to the Special Olympics Finals, you might be ready to be back in the NBA.
7: We've been following your incredible story, Coach. Marcus is just one win away from qualifying for the regional tournament. I don't know if you're brave or crazy. Give me a hug, coach! I know this is your shot at being
4: champions.
0: He plays a former minor league basketball coach who gets into some trouble with the law and is ordered by the court to coach a team of players with intellectual disabilities. Of course, he has his doubts at first, but soon realizes he's got a good team full of good people with good hearts. It's getting okay reviews. It looks like a good heartwarming affair, Mr. Mackling. Is that something that you'd probably check out sooner or later? Oh,
3: yeah, probably just for the Winnipeg thing all on its own because uh, they actually managed to use Winnipeg and uh, three distinctive different uh, basketball venues, the Investors Group Athletic Centre U of M, the Duckworth at uh, University of Winnipeg, and then uh, uh, Canada Life Centre. So they, they used all three facilities. So it would be neat to see how they look on the big screen and uh, Woody did an episode of Smartless from Winnipeg while he was filming this thing as well. Smartlist, uh, one of the podcasts that I listened to. So that was kind of entertaining. Ties it all together.
0: And then finally, Jeff, we've got a uh, cartoon. An animated adventure called Mummies. Egypt,
6: a land of mystery, intrigue, and rich history. A doorway of sorts to afterlife.
4: A world of mummies
6: under the earth. A royal wedding ring. It's the man. The man who took the ring. The only way to get it back is to go to the world of the living. So in Mummies, we learn of a secret underground city, the land of the living dead, where these mummies live. The city's hidden in ancient Egypt, but now they have to make their way to the land of the living to retrieve something that was taken from them. It's getting okay reviews, and it looks like some good family fun a busy
0: weekend at the movies but I think this is one that most of us are excited about because one of the most anticipated seasons of television in quite some time is finally debuting on Wednesday, March 15th well, if seeing is believing, I believe we've been seen. So, Season two wrapped up on October 8th, 2021, and season three is finally here. The show about an American football coach who was hired to coach a soccer team in England, and Greg was pumping his
3: fists. I cannot wait for this. It's not too often that you get such a positive impact from television or movies these days, any sort of entertainment. And this is just such a positive show. Yeah, there's a little bit of a twist at the end of one of the seasons, but I, I cannot wait to uh re-engage and uh and, and connect with these characters again because they're delightful.
0: Jeff, I know you don't have the Apple TV plus nope. Loren we're we're refresh my memory. I don't know if you've seen this, can't remember.
2: yeah I'm in. I'm all in. I'm back in. When, what's the date again?
0: March 15th, Wednesday. Oh, yeah.
2: Wednesday. I'm in, baby. If I can find my Apple TV remote, because I have the original, you know, the <laughs> box yeah. that everybody had, or not everybody, but it was given as a gift to us. And it's the world's smallest remote. It's like smaller yep. than the original, what do you call it? The iPod? Yeah. And uh, it's it's it disappears all the time in our house.
3: It's the size of a juicy fruit stick of gum. Oh, it's basically. ridiculous! And then
2: you got to stick your hand under the couch, which is also something no one ever <laughs> wants to do. For that, like, what am I touching right now? Is that is that a meatball? Am I touching a meatball? <laughs> That I hope it's a meatball I, I'm sure I am sure I pulled out ground beef from under the couch before oh, I'm sure of it yeah, I probably
0: looked like a chia pet by that point oh
2: god the things that trapped under the couch
0: the couch potatoes <laughs> podcast is now available at cjob.com or anywhere you get podcasts and the show airs Saturdays at noon and Sundays at noon on 680 CJOB Jeff Braun thank you very much sir you betcha It is Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. We are in the process of changing our question of the day at cjob.com for Mr. Furness. Don't call them first, you'll see why. Call Mr. Furness at 204-832-6243. The provincial government is introducing legislation that would allow more stores to sell liquor. What do you think? Yes, it's about time. I have concerns about theft and safety. or know it's fine as is. You'll be able to cast your vote on that soon. The question that is up right now... What do you think we should do about the semi-annual time change in Manitoba? 37% say keep it at standard time. 27% say keep it at daylight saving time. 20% say I don't care one way or the other. I just want this to end. And 15% say keep making the switch. So indeed, we're talking about that because this Sunday at 2 a.m., we experience what most of us refer to as the bad time change. With one tick of the clock, we will spring forward to 3 a.m. and welcome Daylight Saving Time.
3: Yeah, approximately 1.6 billion people worldwide change their clocks twice a year to and from Daylight Saving Time. Documented research in this area has shown that Daylight Saving Time can make it difficult for shift workers to adjust their internal clocks to their work schedule, leading to sleep deprivation, fatigue, and decreased cognitive function, which can negatively impact their physical well-being and health. If you look globally, many countries don't change time in the spring. You know, I think that's something that we should
9: look at very closely, particularly as a health issue. I'm hoping that government will uh, follow suit and uh, listen to what the research says.
3: At St. Boniface Hospital Research Center, doctors Lori Kirschenbaum and Ina Rabinovich Nictin have been conducting research which focuses on the impact of the twice yearly time change on our health, Loren.
2: Yeah, so they go on to say that they've specifically found that the circadian clock regulates a crucial stress response which affects the ability of the heart to control quality control mechanisms. And survival of heart cells after a heart attack. So, maintaining this healthy circadian clock is important. It's not just important for disease prevention, but it also affects the outcomes following a heart attack, which is why that they're
9: advocating for this change. This is Dr. Lori Korschenbaum. It affects not only our hearts, but it affects um, other parts, other functioning parts of our body: our livers, our kidneys, uh, our brain. Um, the time change is actually quite profound. You'd think that the one hour. Um, you know, in the in the spring and uh, winter time, uh, would be quite uh, easy to adjust to. But it's not it takes about a month or so. And there's no question there's a greater incidence of accidents, uh, heart attacks um, that occur right after the time change occurs.
2: So which clock should we go to? That's the question. Dr. Krishenbaum answered
9: sticking to standard time, and I'll explain why if, if, you, if I can for a couple seconds. The standard time um, that, we're currently, uh, that, we, that we currently have is, is, is quite important because our bodies um, have an inherent clock. We have a biological clock, and this basic clock um, drives all the processes in our body, how our heart functions, how our brain functions, and it's tied really closely to the amount of light we get during the day and that particular amount of light we get is tied really to standard time and if we shift that standard time to daylight saving time our mornings are dark and as a result that cue that we need to wake us up um, is much different so the clock on the wall says get up at seven but it's, it's really much earlier an hour less and so even in the evening um, it might be 10 o'clock on the clock on the wall but our bodies are saying no oh, it's only nine so that shift Giving us that extra hour of light at night uh, disrupts our sleep, and that um, darkness in the, in the mornings uh, prevents us from waking up uh, fresh. And so that's, we become sleep-deprived, something called social jet lag. And that really has a profound effect on the body. So sticking to standard time would be most beneficial. The change in both times is really an issue. Um, just to mention that uh, keeping daylight saving time was tried in the U.S., Many years ago, and it it didn't really go over well. But if we are going to stick to one time, as you asked, standard time would would be the best because it more closely aligns with with the daily uh, light-dark cycle that we experience uh, morning
3: and night. So the doctors also used research conducted and published elsewhere to draw their conclusions. Studies have shown that the risk of heart attacks increases by 24% on the Monday following the switch in the spring. That's according to the new England journal of medicine. The incidence of stroke is also higher in the days following that's from the American Academy of neurology. There's a 6% increase in fatal car accidents a week following the switch to daylight saving time from the university of Colorado. So, you know, sleep deprivation due to the time change, uh, DST disrupts our natural sleep-wake cycle, which is what Dr. Kirshenbaum has really been talking about with regard to cardiac, Brett. But it also leads to, according to the Journal of Biological Rhythms, a higher risk of depression and anxiety when you get out of that rhythm. And studies have shown that the switch to DST in the spring is associated with an increase in suicide rates. So there's a long list of things at play here.
2: But let's just wait for other provinces and states to decide what to do. <laughs> like that's the response. I'm like, look, I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to get up on my high horse on this one. I mean, I, I just don't like changing the clocks because it makes me tired. <laughs> but when you and when you have little kids, you're particularly frustrated with the spring forward because you're like, dude, it's really this three a.m. Go back to sleep. But the idea that you have all this this growing body of evidence and you've got Manitoba legislatures, you've got Manitoba politicians saying, yeah, we agree. We should make a change to keep this permanent
3: What's PST? the population of the, pop, of the planet right now? It's over 7 billion? Yeah. So that means one point, 8 wh- billion now. Okay, so that means less than a quarter of <laughs> the population is subjected to this change. The rest of the world doesn't do it. Yeah. So why do we continue to do it? Right. Maybe, maybe somebody needs to write a paper and do research on why, why we should continue to do this. I think it'd be a short paper. That's a good
0: point. I'm so this this research surprises me because I know that whenever we have these conversations I the prevail and correct me if I'm wrong but the prevailing sort of preference is to stay and just you know go to daylight and stay there. That but that when, would be my preference. But, but then when you see all this research that points to all these problems with daylight time that's interesting especially that stuff in the morning and I know we're you know, given our hours, we're kind of anomalies for that. But even when it's in the middle of winter and it's eight o'clock, eight thirty, and it's still dark out, I don't mind that because I'm weird, and I know Forte likes the darkness as well. We're kind of weirdos, but maybe even though it's our, we well, don't mind the dark. Maybe there, it, it's having some weird effects on us in terms of just kind of getting going and during as the day moves along. Yeah, so it my- certainly
2: explains a lot for you too.
3: <laughs> Let's expand explain. on that, Laren. <laughs> This might be just as interesting.
2: Uh, no, there are morning people and there aren't morning people. But I think there's people who do like the dark or people who do like the sunlight, and it might depend on the time of day you like it. I'm, I say that in jest. I think it's more the idea that, like, I you know, like if you have X number of doctors and researchers telling you that something is good for you or bad for you, but we want to we want to sit on that for a while longer and study it again. It just that's where it gets annoying.
3: Yeah. So my personal preference is I like those long nights in the summertime. At least when I'm working a mm-hmm. you know a regular yeah. shift and yeah. work with the regular people and and people who work uh, usual hours, uh, so I, I don't think a lot of Manitobans would want to give that up. But it still would be light but, for a certain
2: period of time at night, though.
3: Yeah, but the sun would be coming up at three thirty in the morning. Who needs that?
0: Yeah, in the middle of the summer. That's wasted daylight. It does feel like wasted daylight, but I Not know. Not for us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> be I'm our... trying to think of other <laughs> people gonna... other than we us. We would drive
2: in with the sunrise. <laughs> think of that. <laughs>
0: But first, Greg Mackling, who has
3: entered the studio with us? Our colleague from down the hall. She is the voice, the face of Global News Morning Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. until 9 a.m. on CKND Television Channel 9, Cable 12, Shaw Cable Box 101 in (laughs) HD. Gabrielle Gabriel Marshawn is here. Hi, Gabby. <laughs> Good morning. I was getting there eventually. I had to catch my breath.
10: <laughs> I love it. I love it. Happy Friday.
0: So the AEW tickets, if you want to win those, you got to tell us about a dumb argument that you have had, whether it was something silly or something like a serious argument, but it was over something stupid. And the inspiration for this came from something that dropped into one of my group friend chats over the weekend. And I don't know where he found this on the internet, but it's, it reads... You're, and it's so stupid. You're in an arena with 50 hawks, 10 crocodiles, 3 brown bears, 15 wolves, 1 hunter with a rifle, 7 buffalo, 10,000 rats, 5 gorillas, and 4 lions. Pick two to defend you. The others attack you. The goal is to survive one hour. The debate that raged on in that group (laughs) chat went on for days. And a partridge
10: in a pear tree, too.
0: and And these guys put in serious thought research one of them drew a diagram of his battle plan like a lot of energy was spent on this and gabby i understand that's been a bit of a distraction for you this morning too a
10: huge distraction i ended up discussing this with my coworkers. but i've had discussions like this actually recently a lot with a couple of people like we talked about t-rex versus a whole pack of grizzlies that are working together that's another one think about that for your group chat for this one though i need some important distinctions i'm like crocodiles all the way. Crocodiles are savage beasts and they kill a ton of people. But are we doing Nile crocodiles? Cuz if it's Nile crocodiles, I'm picking them. And then I'd also like to pick the bears cuz I think like the bears Wait a minute, what's the difference between the Nile and like
2: the the Florida Are we talking alligator versus crocodile or Nile crocodile versus?
10: We're talking. Like Lake Zambia crocodile? Like, um, do you know regionally which one's tougher? Yeah, this is from National Geographic. Now, crocodiles are considered to be much more aggressive than Uh American alligators or American crocodiles. They kill, I'm serious, it's quite dark actually. They kill a ton of people. Mm -hmm. So I'm going to go with the crocodiles for sure. And then I think I want the brown bears. Like, and also, are we talking. A brown bear, like a grizzly? I just, I, I need details here, people. Well, Who's it, gonna
3: kill the rats, though? That's the question. I think that that how would, are you going to eviscerate the <laughs> ten thousand rats? Yeah,
10: that's true. That's a lot.
0: I feel like no I matter I think that's
2: Brett's choice, wasn't it? The rats?
0: I'd go with the rats and the hawks and here's why. I just I don't see how you stop 10,000 rats if they are your opponent, no Keep, matter what perimeter you set up.
10: But I think you're dead so quick because the, the grizzlies have torn you apart and the crocodiles have maimed your body. Well,
0: hold on. Well, I'll, this is my pitch. So I would send out the 50 <laughs> hawks after the hunter. To take out because if you if you got a hunter with a rifle, if you got a sharpshooter out there, it doesn't matter. He's going to get you before any of the animals. Yeah. So true. you almost have to send the hawks after the hunter immediately because he's not going to stop fifty hawks. Okay. And then um, the the hawks can start dive bombing the other animals who remain. And meanwhile, take hopefully, out their eyeballs. Take out their yeah, eyeballs. Or even just go into a dive. Like I remember when when our radio station used to be. <laughs> At at, when our radio station was on Portage Avenue, uh, just uh, Portage in Lenore. So right across the street from the Liquor Mart. We've been talking a lot about alcohol this morning. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. I was out back having a smoke. <laughs> and then I, I hear this sound from, from just over top of the building. This like, whew, it was, I thought a missile. I, I'm not kidding. It sounded like a missile. It was a hawk that had gone into a dive and tackled another bird on the roof of the house next door. So I'm just imagining being hit by that animal. So that would be, I don't know if it would be a fatal blow to some of these animals, but it would be enough to, to, to slow them down. So the hawks and then 10,000 rats swarming all the other animals. The goal isn't to kill them all. Your goal is to survive for one hour. I feel like the rats could do enough to stop them, at least slow them down, because if, if you don't take the rats... All it's gonna take is twenty to thirty of them to get through the perimeter and you're dead.
3: I wait. The, what is wait, the equivalent whoa. number of mosquitoes <laughs> to ten thousand rats?
2: <laughs> but what's it so but you're in this scenario, right? Like you're picking these two things to help you out in this arena. Yep. To live for like one how, hour. Live for hour. How how do the rats not turn on you? Like I that's am I in yeah. a tree? Rats. Am I in like a bunker? And we're just like I like
0: you just pick two to defend you. I don't know the logistics. I don't know if it's R- mind control. A rat, control. by its
2: very nature, will not defend you. It will turn on you. Think Isn't that the whole point of a rat? The padding
9: the
10: bears would provide.
2: <laughs> oh, just think good of that ball. The literal
9: the
10: padding. And also, where are hippos on this list? Hippos are the most dangerous. Killers hippos out are there. terrible. We forgot about hippos, and they're big. And you think it's Fantasia, and all of a sudden you're dead. Hey, I when I
2: lived in Zimbabwe, the number of headlines that involved a hippo death. And as an aside, you go mm-hmm. to like the, the one lake. And it would say, swim at your own risk. There are crocodiles <laughs> and you'd see people water. Like, none of it made any sense. It defies logic. The why great that white water.
3: shark would just win all of it. Well, we're Doesn't not in the we're we're ocean. Not not I know. But, you know, where's this animal? Where's that animal? Hey, you the have the rats. apex predator
7: of them all.
10: Listen, new plan. You have the rats. You have them chew the pipes or something so they burst. Immerses you in water and suddenly you're on an advantage with <laughs> so the crocodiles. So now you have telekinesis. <laughs>
3: Going on with the rats, yes. you can tell them what speaking, to do.
10: Speaking to my little people.
0: Well, I assume that, that, that that's how it works because how like you, you they drop you into this arena, then you pick the animal, and then they just say, "Okay, go." Like obviously they're on your side. I The rent is kind of
7: making scenario. a good points. Oh, no, come on, now it's just it's getting too it's complicated.
3: On your side. A rat, a rat, a rat, says it's on your side. a rat turns on you. Listen, it's if the, you've ever
2: been to prison, you don't trust the rat.
3: In uh, this uh, scenario, the animals you pick
0: defend you until they die so <laughs> but that's what's fun about this this conversation it's so stupid but it's so much fun yeah, to imagine it. what is there a real a real because i've been meaning to look into like where did this start who
3: came up with this there's got to be a definitive answer are somebody has in- studied the answer to this are
10: you in a group chat too is everybody in a group chat now i'm wondering like are all my coworkers in group chats together all my friends i'm just not in any of them like i think i'm being left out of the group chats
0: well this is one this, this me, is one of my golf this is a golf buddies, the Laker Classic. Can I join?
5: <laughs> I want to be part
0: of it. <laughs> it was a fun conversation. So anyway, so Gabby would go with the crocs and the bears. No,
10: I think no, I changed my mind. Rats to get rid of it, to flood the place, then the crocodiles. Goodbye, everybody.
0: Fair enough. 204-780-6868 yeah. yeah. if you yeah. want to weigh in. And uh, Gabrielle Always a pleasure.
10: Happy Friday,
0: Gabrielle Marchand is the host and anchor of Global News Morning weekdays six until nine on <laughs> six eighty CJOB.
3: How many? I was going to say how many listeners did we did we gain over this last eight minutes? I'm, hey <laughs> I'm uh, well and once Gabby starts
0: talking about adding different animals like Absolutely. the hippos, what if you threw in two thousand murder hornets?
2: Oh. And, and then what if your people in the know, one of our listeners works in a zoo and has texted to say, this debate has been popping up for years and there are oh. so many factors you can't even imagine. Oh. Get a bunch of zookeepers together to b- debate this one.
0: I'd love to hear that, that Kristen. so
10: smart. That is funny. That would be amazing. Like an actual animal expert. <laughs>
0: It's Mackling, McGarry, and McNabb. We've got AEW tickets to give away all elite wrestling coming to Winnipeg on Wednesday, March 15th. We're asking you about the dumb arguments that you have. And one of our runners up is Cat and Gimley, who says uh, One stupid argument I was in, which almost led to blows, was over how to pronounce the word Celtic. I maintained that it should be pronounced Celtic. My friend maintained that it is pronounced Celtic, as in the name of the famed soccer club in Europe. This took place one lunch hour at school, and we had to stop. For afternoon classes, but the resentment simmered for days until we finally decided that we were being childish and agreed to say it however the heck we wanted without inviting any backlash. And I remember our what our former colleague, Tristan Field-Jones, uh, yes. when he first started reading news and sports mm-hmm. here, not uh, super knowledgeable on sports. When he read the Boston Celtics score, he called them the Boston Celtics, and he got a little...
3: <laughs> got the phone a, didn't ring in the newsroom at all, I'm sure. <laughs> He was corrected. Nobody corrected
0: him. He was corrected pretty (laughs) much instantaneously (laughs) on that one. Uh, Greg, Gary with something that I know uh, is close
3: to you. Yeah, yeah. So Gary started with uh, Gitch and Gotch. Well, Gitch and Gotch, that's Manitoba speak. So we can debate all that all we want, but it's friendly. But it's when we go west, it gets ugly. Ginch... And gaunch is what they call underwear out west. And Gary says my brother moved to Rossland, B.C. when he was around 22 years old, and couldn't believe that conversation. His girlfriend and him and him submitted a story on this topic to a radio station. They discussed it, but it didn't end that day. It went on for weeks. He called them gotch. There you go. Yeah. There's
2: something gross about the word gotch. Not, not gitch, but gotch.
0: Yeah,
3: well, it's lot. It, it, wor- a, a ginch and gaunch is
0: worse. That's fair, Loren. Maybe it's just the like the words that start with G O. Like we talked earlier this week about gout. Yeah, it's just an unpleasant <laughs>
3: word, right? Gout,
2: ga- gotch. Yeah, I don't. Uh, I, I don't know why. I have a bigger reaction to that. Like ew.
3: Cat in uh, Gimli. Maybe you can correct me on this, but I think it comes from like from from England, like gotchies. oh, for underwear. But I could be wrong. Okay, but, Loren, Ruth is our winner. What did Ruth I, have?
2: I love arguments where, like, you're so determined to prove your point that you get out there yes. and prove your point, right? Empirical and evidence. So, Ruth says, my husband and I discussed, in brackets, argued, a few years ago about which side of the perimeter had more lights, north or south. We even drove around the perimeter to count the lights. What Ruth doesn't add, and I love this one because of their their desire to prove each other wrong, What's the
3: answer? It's got to be south, yes. Greg, it's got to be south. But it here's has the, to be south. But here's the question. Here's the question. Where is the like uh, the demarcation point? Portage. I guess it must be for for more importage, right? Yep. Okay, yeah. Okay. So, yeah. So there you go. It's got to be south. It's got to be south. Although that answer has changed in the last few years because they eliminated the traffic signals at Laj and the perimeter. They've got that interchange now, which is magnificent, mm. but now there are lights, traffic signals at Wenzel and the perimeter, and just in the last month or so, Gun Road oh, and yeah. the perimeter. So the north
2: blast, Saint Mary's, Saint Anne's, Waverley. LaSalle. LaSalle.
3: That's still South.
2: I've gotta be south.
0: Ruth s- sucks. We asked Ruth who was right, <laughs> who uh-huh. won the argument, we were still waiting, waiting. for a reply. It's gotta be so. But in the meantime, we love the fact that you took to the road to settle the score. It's perfectly local. Congratulations Ruth, you're going to AEW on Wednesday. Before we introduce our next guests, question of the day at CJOB.com for Mr. Furness. Don't call them first. You'll see why. Call Mr. Furness at 204-832-6243. Provincial government is introducing legislation that would allow more stores to sell liquor. What do you think? So far, we got 39% say I have concerns about theft and safety. 35%, yes, it's about time. 27%, no, it's fine as is. So Ah. the early division, Loren, close horse race.
2: I I. I'm surprised by that. I don't know why. I mean, again, it's a non-scientific poll, but we've had, you know, retail counselor came on to say they've researched people and overwhelmingly, this is what people want. But I guess if you combine the, I want it and I like it, but I have some safety concerns, then there's still the majority that are saying they don't mind a possible change if I'm doing that math right.
0: We put it up on Twitter as well, uh, where they're the results so far. 68% say yes, it's about time, and then 16% each for I'm concerned about theft and no, it's fine yeah. as is. But you can cast your vote at cjob.com on Twitter or on Instagram. In the meantime, there is a wonderful event returning to Winnipeg tomorrow at the Victoria Inn for the first time since 2020. Love Local Manitoba. I was at this event in 2020, and it's super fun and tasty. Bring your appetite. We want to meet one of the participating vendors in a moment. But first, let's get some details from the event's host and co-founder, Peter Fair. Peter, for the uninitiated, what is Love Local Manitoba?
5: Well, it's a beer, wine, and food event. We're here to feature all things Manitoba made when it comes to food and beverage. So we've got uh, food, beer, and wine, and the ciders, and we got gourmet-infused butters and sauces, preserves, and we also have crickets that are Manitoba made. And We're uh, coming together, uh, bringing them all together under one roof for one night, and just showcasing Manitoba made uh, this weekend.
0: I tried the crickets. They were actually really
5: t- they were good. But yeah, the yeah.
0: weird thing about that event was the timing, because wasn't it basically a week later that the world yeah. shut down?
5: For sure, yeah, we had our event on March 7th, and I believe, yeah, it was that next week where the world shut down, so we're super grateful that we were able to have our event one last time before COVID hit, and so, yeah, it was was pretty last last minute there before COVID. So,
0: so how excited are you then to be able to do this again for the first time since 2020?
5: Oh, yeah, we're so excited. It's been, uh, we've just been sitting and waiting until till we can do events again, and we're just super excited to, yeah, to be able to have the event come back, and uh, we're in our eighth year this year, so if we wouldn't have had the pandemic, it would be our 10th. And we're just excited, yeah, super excited to come back and, and uh, showcase Manitoba.
0: Now, have, did you have to make any changes, or have you made any changes uh, this time in in light of what we've gone through the last three years? Or is it just is it going uh, to be the same thing?
5: Mostly the same thing. I mean, we we follow all health regulations, and uh, our fl- event is fully permitted and, and, and inspected by health inspectors, and uh, we have ample space in the venue, so there's no crowding of vendors, and so yeah, we got lots of space, and we follow all yeah health rules and. And so, yeah, we're all good to go.
0: How many vendors?
5: Yeah, there's about 40. Yeah, we got about 40 of them, and uh, they all sample fairly generously. So we definitely encourage people to come hungry. And, and most guests tell us they can't even sample everything because they're so full by the end of it. So,
0: <laughs> Yeah, it was a lot of fun. And, and, but you can also buy stuff to bring home, right?
5: Totally, yeah. We definitely encourage guests to do that. Yeah, you can definitely have fun and eat and sample, and there's live music. But we for sure, yeah, encourage you to uh, to bring some cash. Uh, most vendors set up with debit and credit as well. and So we definitely encourage uh, uh, buying, uh, supporting the vendors in that way as well.
0: What prompted you to start this event uh, 10 years ago?
5: Uh, what happened was, uh, so I'm also the owner of Gourmet Inspirations, where I make uh, some sauces and rubs and syrups. And I was selling at the farmer's market uh, 10 years ago. And my neighbor vendor and I were just chatting. And we're like, we'd love like, to just like throw a party and have some wine and cheese and some... Uh, some live music. And then, uh, what, what could we do for an event? We were just kind of brainstorming and she's like, why don't we take all these vendors we have right around us here and turn that into an event. And so that's kind of where the dream was born is at, at a local farmers market.
0: Well, and these events are super important for a lot of these vendors, right? Because without them, people might not, never even find out they exist.
5: Yeah, totally. And I feel like more now than ever, we hear of so many uh, small businesses that are closing down these days. And so I think it's more important than ever to, to come out and support them. And, uh, yeah, for sure. Like, yeah, a lot of these companies, Manitobans may never have heard of before. So, yeah, definitely definitely worth checking out, and uh, and the support is invaluable as well.
0: And where do we go for more information on uh, – do you have a website?
5: Yeah, for sure. So it's lovelocalmb.com. So all tickets are online. And we also have a storefront at St. Patel Centre where you can buy tickets. Uh, but online at lovelocalmb.com is the best place. What do tickets cost? Uh, they're 40 bucks, and – uh and there's a promo code as well. If you uh, put in my treat five, you get five bucks off your ticket.
0: That code again, my treat five. That's Peter Fair, co founder and host of Love Local
3: Manitoba, happening tomorrow at the Victoria Inn. So let's now meet one of the vendors. Michelle LeClaire is the owner of Wolseley Kombucha. Good morning, Hello. Michelle. How are you?
8: Good, good. Thanks so much for having me on today. Well, thanks for making
3: the time. Well, we're excited to visit with you to learn a little bit more about, uh, you know, we could talk about Wolseley, but I think people know what that, you know, Wolseley is. But what about kombucha? What is this?
8: Yeah, so kombucha, you've probably seen it popping up at all the grocery stores. They even sell it at the dollar store now. So it's definitely becoming more and more popular But essentially what it is, is it's a fermented tea. So it's made by fermenting sugar, tea, and water with a kombucha culture called a SCOBY. And um, the end product, it's fermented for anywhere from four to six weeks. And the end result is a low sugar, low caffeine, gluten-free probiotic beverage that's served cold. And it's a great alternative to coffee, pop, fruit juice, or even alcohol.
2: Given the rise in popularity of something like this, I'm I'm wondering what an event Like what's going on this weekend does for you because you need to get yourself out there your name known right and so if you have competition you want to be able to showcase your wares what does this mean
8: absolutely you know we love events love local is one of our favorite events we're so excited it's back this year um you know we're one of 40 vendors like peter was saying um this event's great you know we can connect with our customers let them know what new flavors we have what's you know new and happening at Wolseley kombucha like we have our sustainable refill program um, we do home deliveries every Wednesday. So it's, you know, educating our customers what's going on at Wolfley Kombucha. It's also great networking. It's good exposure. These events are key for, you know, local companies to connect with the community.
0: So what's it been like then over the last, you know, I mean, it's the first time since 2020 that this event has been held, but there have been a couple of events sort of pop up here and there in between waves, but it's been a tough go for, for stuff like this. So has, has, did that have an impact, a negative impact on your business?
8: You know, for us, we switched everything online. So when 2020 happened, you know, we had just opened our tap room. It's located at 749 Wall Street if anyone wants to come down and visit us. Um, we were only open for a couple months before COVID happened. So, you know, we switched everything online. We started our kombucha subscriptions. And um, that's pretty much what kept us afloat. Wholesale definitely slowed down a little bit and events. But we were able to manage and to just think outside the box. And here we are, and we just got into Sobeys at Safeway. So it's a very exciting time for us.
3: Well, it's funny that you should say that, that you know, sort of you were in this in this lull. And, and maybe it was at a bad time, Michelle, because I just got a text message from my brother who's listening to the show this morning. He says, I just asked the office a half an hour ago, whatever happened to kombucha? So, uh, so yeah. this is sort of a, maybe, uh, <laughs> Mark, uh, the beginning of a, of a little bit of a of a relaunch for you
8: to a certain extent. Yeah, and you know, we actually did we launched a new website last year. We did some new branding, so this is gonna be a really exciting year. We get to do all of the events again. Um, so we're back at events full time and you know, love local is our favorite, so we're so excited to be there on Saturday.
4: No, it's not it- gonna be
2: sup- sorry, I just was gonna weigh in I that I went did a deep dive on their website,
8: Brett, and I saw Boozy kombucha. Ooh, yeah. So Boozy Booch is something that we're hoping to launch. Um it's kind of been on the back burner for the last couple of years, just uh But it is something that we're hoping to do. I don't have a launch date yet, but you'll have to stay tuned for that.
0: Michelle LeClaire is the owner of Wolseley Kombucha, the website there, wolseleykombucha.com. Thank you so much for joining us. We appreciate it and have fun tomorrow. It's such a great event. I had a wonderful time uh, in 2020. It'll be great for anybody who goes. Again, make sure you bring your appetite. Make sure you bring some cash because you're going to want to buy some stuff, guaranteed. And again, the website for the event is lovelocalmb.com. It's happening 5 to 9 tomorrow at the Victoria Inn. Hopefully the snow has calmed down by then.
3: And uh, talk about a great little thriving neighborhood you're in, Michelle, 749 Wall Street. You've got Sleepy Owl Bread next door. Wall Street Slice is just a couple doors away. That's my old neighborhood. And it's really cool to see some of these funky businesses taking it over. So,
0: Love Local, Manitoba happening tomorrow. It's a good time. Enjoy yourself should you go.